Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life-transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Mark to introduce today's sermon. Good morning. Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho welcomes you. We continue our message of hope and strength from the book of Joshua in God's Word. In 2 Kings, Elisha is about to die. As he walks with Joash, whom he's mentored for years, Elisha asks what Joash had learned about the Lord from what he's seen Elisha do. Elisha tells Joash in a simple way to do something on blind faith to test whether Joash will do what the Lord tells him. We all need mentors, those we respect, working with us, being for us. The most important mentor for each of us is the Lord Jesus. When we're tired and weak, we falter. In today's lesson, we learn to do as God directs with all our effort and strength. Jesus doesn't leave or abandon us. He's there wherever we go. Judges 2.14, in his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them. And if you think about it, at the beginning of the book of Joshua, we have the same phrase that the Lord gave them. I have given you this land. I have given you these enemies. No one shall stand before you. But something happens. And now he says that the Lord in his anger, he gave them into the hands of their enemies into the hands of the raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around whom they no longer were able to resist. What a terrible, tragic loss to not walk fully into God's blessings. It's that love that obeys. That's what it takes Not obedience out of fear, but obedience out of love and the joy of his presence and the fact that he promises over and over again, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you, but that presence also incurs discipline. Be committed, be committed to walk and live fully and receive all of his promises. Here's one way we can understand what this looks like in our lives. Turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings 13. Elisha is about to die. He lived under the glory and the power of his mentor, Elijah. He requested that the Lord would be with him and he would receive double the portion of power, strength, and even miracles of his master, his disciple maker, his, his prophet, Elijah. So Elisha, he actually performed 14 great miracles among the people. He became the father of Israel, which is what Joash calls him. Father Israel. He's got to pass on the mantle on the shoulders of this young king. And in a way, when he asks him to be obedient and do what he must do based on what he had observed, he tells him limited instructions to draw out of his heart the trust that had been, I would say, planted throughout the ministry. What have you learned, Joash, from seeing me walk with God? 
And so God comes into our lives and He asks you to be obedient. You may not understand, but God wants to see how much you trust and love Him. So here's Elisha. He had fallen sick with the illness of which he was supposed to die. And Joash, the king of Israel, went down to him and wept before him. There was this fraternal connection, respect and love. What an amazing, wise counsel he received from Elisha. Surrounded by enemies, he trusted God's words spoken to him through Elisha. So he's weeping. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horse. In other words, your word brings the weight of victory. We need you. This land needs you. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows and he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow and he drew it. Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. Look at his rudimentary instructions as given to a child. And the Lord does that in your life. And it's the same idea that Jesus did with Peter. Do you love me? Yeah, you're my friend. Okay, Peter, but do you, do you love me? Yes, you know I'm your friend. And then Jesus says, are you really loving me as a friend? When Jesus was asking, do you love me with agape? Do you love me with this unconditional, total devotion love? It's one step at a time, and there's patience there. And when God does this, not only is He patient with us, but He's also digging deeper to a point where there's all, all of us is revealed. Because he wants us to see who we really are. Because we tend to, I mean, you look in the mirror. When I look in the mirror, I see 150 pounds. I don't see more than that. When I look in the mirror, I still see my dark hair. Paul keeps telling me, your hair is more gray than mine. We look in the mirror and we have this vision of ourselves and our hearts of who we want to be. And whenever anyone tells us the truth, we argue with them because that's who we think we are, not who they say we are. And yet God asks these questions. And, and Joash is obedient one step at a time. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up the, the bow and the arrows. I can do that, Lord. And I, I can go ahead and open the windows. And, and yes, Lord, I'm going to shoot. So there's this rudimentary, one step at a time obedience. God builds upon that. But then, just like the master that gave one talent, three talents, and five talents, he wants to see how much have we grown in trusting him and loving him and walking by faith when he doesn't tell us what to do. So he shoots. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria, for you shall fight the Syrians in Aphek until you have made an end of them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. So he introduces him that what I'm about to do here, the way you respond here is going to be God's prophecy over you and the kingdom. Trust God. You don't need me. You need God. 
There's that separation that God will bring into your life from someone you trusted, someone you looked up to, someone you followed. And God said, all you need is me. I was taught as a young age. I've had mentors as a young man. Pre-teenage years, I had someone training and teaching me scriptures. I went to high school. I had a mentor in high school. Went to college. I had a mentor in college. Graduated college. Went to seminary. Started the ministry. At a point in my life, within that late 20s, I was looking for a mentor. None to be found at that time. God spoke to my heart. It's time for you to be a mentor. So here's what's happening. Because we have a tendency to be connected to others. And we will react and we will work and we will live to the standards set by the people we respect. And if their standard fails, we either give up or walk away or we're so wounded that we don't know. We say, where is God? And right here, Elisha's telling Joash, listen, as God is telling Joshua, listen, he's dead. Those things are gone. It is time for you to live on the foundation I've been pouring into your life until now. Stop waiting for others. Stop waiting for that new generation to show up out of the blue. You got to get to work now with what I'm giving you. So take the arrow, he said, and he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. And he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him. I've done what you wanted me to do. And there are those times when, just like the people of Israel, God promises we hear it and we put our foot in the water and say, okay, I did it. Is that enough? And we wonder why God is angry as a father. Why are you angry, Elisha? The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria until you have made an end of it. But now you'll strike down Syria only three times. We're the ones that we say, I can't walk anymore. I'm going to sit down. Someone else can take the flame and run with it. I can do no more. And we limit God. They did not live within the boundaries God had given them. It was limited by their disobedience. Even as Joshua was the one, Joash was the one that put the brakes on God's victory that he would have given him for the people forever. When God's word is clear in your life and the way we should live and the way that we're supposed to be a blessing to our enemies, a comfort, support, protection to our family in Christ, to our neighbors. When God's word is clear, because it's for you and these people, not just for you, don't hesitate to obey. Do not doubt what should be done and what the outcome is going to be. You do what the Lord says. Do not fear the consequences of crossing the river and facing the giants. You just do what God says. Do not act half-heartedly. It's what the Lord tells the church in Revelation. Oh, I wish you were cold or I wish you were hot, but don't be lukewarm. Don't shoot that arrow three times and stop. 
We step into His blessings. Verse 5. Verse 5 introduces the strength. Verse 5 takes us down the alley, that corridor where God says, I'm going to be to your right. I'm going to be to your left. You're not going to be alone. All of these things that are now a responsibility on your shoulders. I'm not walking away. Look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses. Remember the rock. Remember the meat. Remember the manna. Remember the strength. Remember the Red Sea. As I was with him. Ah, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. Or forsake you. We step into his blessings. Because we're sustained by his presence. And there's that transfer from the things. To the relationship. The importance revealed between the what we ask for. Think of our prayers. How much of our earth, our prayers are earthly minded. How much we ask about the things that will be passing away. Anyhow, from the health to the support, the protection and the financial and the bread and the clothing. And Jesus says, God will take care of you so much more. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's the growth of our prayers from the me for the now to you for eternity. Because of the way that we grow in our maturity and walking with the Lord, on that depends the eternal life of people that are watching you in their broken, forgotten, lost, and they were born and they're heading towards hell. Unless, unless... No man shall stand before you all the days of your life. (laughs) Circle that word, all, right? All means all, and that's all all means. As my seminary teacher taught us in the deep grammatical analysis of doctrine. All the days of your life. I'm going to be with you. That means tomorrow. That means after the doctor's appointment. That means after the loss of the job. All of the days of your life, I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to leave you. In the fact that His presence... See, you're not sustained by the length of your prayers. You're not sustained by what good student you are of scriptures. Because even if we fail, says John, he remains faithful. You're sustained by his presence. And there's nothing greater than that, Lord. Lord, could we just build three huts right here? We'll stay at the steps of these huts. All we want to do is be with you, Lord. It's a mark of your maturity In your spiritual walk, when you no longer are being brought down by the losses and lifted up by the blessing of things, when all that that is important to you is His presence. First principle of His presence. His presence precedes your battle. His presence precedes whatever battle comes your way. He's already there. Brings you back to the point of His omnipresence, His eternality. 
the Alpha, the Omega, before the world was created, I am. So I am in your life before tomorrow, before the struggles of next week, I am. Cling to me, hold on to me. His presence in your life, His love, His promise is with you before the battle ever came. This promise was given not only to Joshua, but he heard it when God gave it to Moses. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7. Deuteronomy 31, verse 7. And Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous. Just as God told Joshua now, Moses tells Joshua, For you shall go with these people. All of these commandments and blessings are surrounded by these people. So the decisions you make at home will impact these people. When you give your time and your effort to the church and the fellowship, it impacts these people. Your presence, your kindness, your gentleness is a source of Life to these people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them to Abraham and you shall put them in possession of it so your walk Joshua do not be afraid to be courageous because you got a responsibility not only are you leading you're also placing already the principle of discipleship in life and the ongoing legacy of who you are and what you do you shall put these people in it it is the lord who goes before you he will be with you he will not leave you or forsake you do not fear in other words don't be paralyzed by that fear and don't fall into depression as you're dismayed, confounded. You don't understand. Whenever you look at a situation that doesn't make sense, stop looking at the situation and look at the Lord in the Word, in prayer, in His promises. Say, Lord, I don't see, I don't understand, have no idea, but here it is, Lord, because you promised. You're here. You haven't left me. I'm going to walk, Lord. I'm going to walk in this blessing. Because you're here. He will be with you. He will not leave you. Do not fear or be dismayed. This promise of God's presence, victory, and blessings. The Lord always brings the companion of the promise with the responsibility and the boundaries of obedience. And the dangers if we cross them and we're disobedient. It's done for our protection, not for our depression. Look at 1 Samuel 12, 14 through 16. This is the promise that Samuel makes to the people as the prophet. If you will fear the Lord and serve Him. Here's four things that the people are responsible for. To live in order to avert failure. Fear the Lord. 
which we know is the beginning of wisdom. And for us as his children is, a, is, is not a fear as of a judge, but a fear as of a father. Fear that we would fail him after what he's done for our lives. Fear that we will be disciplined because he loves us is not fear for condemnation, is fear of respect. Out of respect and his holiness that does discipline. So fear the Lord, serve him, obey his voice, and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. And if both of you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. We'll end right here. And I urge you to seek scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, to see in the different ways that God, His presence brought victory, protection, direction, and peace to His people. His presence. That's what we cry for, what we need, is God's presence. In a very weak illustration, back to what's happening in Eastern Europe. Being Romanian, having grown up in Romania, and knowing how much Romanians have always loved the USA and how much they've always wanted to be part of the USA if any way possible. My grandparents and older friends used to say that Romanians have been waiting for the Americans to show up in our country since World War II. Just come on over. Well, since all the trouble going on, the, the Americans have, have a few bases in Romania. And Romania is part of NATO. And I was reading yesterday what the president of Romania was telling the people, telling them this, you have nothing to fear concerning the war that's happening to the north of our country. You have nothing to fear, for we have great powers protecting us. Because they're part of NATO. They know they're not alone. They know they have the backing of the USA England, Germany, and all the other nations supporting this little country. Romania is about a third of Ukraine. <laughs> you probably walk through it in one day. But they were told not to be afraid, for the powers that are over you will protect you. How much more? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Do not fear, little flock, says Jesus. I am the door, and no one comes. No one can pass through me. I know you by name. I go before you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That power, that strength will stand you up give you joy, give you vision, give you strength, and tell you to speak out, what then shall I do? What moves you? What moves your heart to conviction? To begin to live for the Lord in victory, knowing that He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Jesus sends his Holy Spirit into us that we walk in good works and finish completely as we lean on him. God's word is never diminished. He maintains us entirely in the midst of success as well as in pain and troubles. We're sustained by the very presence of our Lord in Christ. He takes care of stumbling blocks and missteps. He's there to teach, guide, direct, and love us completely. When we're confused and fearful, look to the Lord. Change your perception from the world's to waiting on the Lord, and keep trusting his promises. May your heart be convicted in the Lord's love for you, in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.